Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of GCC Talk, your podcast from Grace Community Church in Crossville, Tennessee. Today, I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful wife, Jessica. And our awesome women's ministry director, Teresa Breeding. Hello. And today we are going to be concluding the Bible study that we've been working on for a bit. We've been a little bit inconsistent with our uploads, <laughs> um, but we know how it is. 2020 and 2021 was wild. Um, so our schedules have been all messed up, but we will be concluding 1 John chapter 5 today. Uh, and I believe we'll be reading it in NIV, but you are welcome to use whatever version you have. Um, they all kind of go together pretty well. Mm-hmm. All right, and uh, to, before we get started, I'm going to ask you guys a totally random question, um, one I haven't even planned for. Um, so let's let's just uh, this is a big one. Okay, this is an easy one. What is the most exciting thing that's happened to you so far in 2021? And Teresa, <laughs> we'll start with you. I would probably have to say my uh, baby is graduating from high school. Yeah, 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 that is big. That is big. <laughs> yeah, not so much a baby anymore. Right. <laughs> okay, Jessica, what about you? I would say London and Shep's birthday parties. Because they take a lot of planning, and yeah, those are the biggest things that's happened so far. All right, I would say for me, obviously, yes, the kids' birthday parties and just everything with Shep, he's growing and getting into literally everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, But another cool thing that's been happening is I got uh, accepted into a a ministry program um, that's online kind of for my online ministry and stuff that I do uh, called the Seeds Fellowship. And and that one's really cool. It came with like uh, like a grant, which is awesome to help the ministry. Uh, but also just getting to to share thoughts and stuff with so many amazing ministry leaders is a lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. All right. So with that said, we will go ahead and jump into 1 John chapter 5. So Jessica, do you mind starting off with verses 1 through 5? Sure. Okay. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. So uh, right here we come out pretty good, like pretty big already. Um, comes out and we kind of see uh, a repetition that we've seen in the rest of the book with John coming out talking about love, right? And he says, this is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. Um, and I think this kind of goes back where Jesus says, they will know you by your love. Yes. Like a, as a Christian, as a, a follower of Jesus, we should be showing and pouring out the love of God to the world. And, and by that love that we show, um, they will know who we are and who we follow. Um, I believe that Christians, when we encounter people, we should encounter people distinctly different than the rest of the world. Yes. Um, and, and I think something I've come to realize, like if we, if people can't tell that we're Christian by our interactions with them, then we're not doing it correctly. Right. I agree. Yeah. 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 And it says that his commands are not burdensome. Mm. And I, I think when I read that, I was a little, uh, burdened by that because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do sometimes have a hard time <laughs> struggling with sin but we all struggle with sin mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be um his commands that weigh us down it should be the sin that weighs us down and right. and as I started to think about it that way I, I I realized yeah it is the sin that's burdensome not God's commands right right absolutely and I also like how we go in here and talk about the world. A lot of times in Scripture when we, we talk about the world or we see it talking about the world, um, it's talking essentially about sin. It's talking about culture. And right here it says, mm-hmm. uh, this is the victory that has overcome the world. 
um, the victory that has overcome the world, that's overcome sin and death and darkness, destruction. And it says, who is that? Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah. Yes. Um, and right there is sort of a promise to us that when we follow Jesus, uh, we will overcome the sin, overcome the darkness, overcome the, 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 the bad things of this world. And we do that through following and being in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I like how it's also there's a question and then there's mm-hmm. an immediate answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do it. You know, it's kind of in that verse. It's simple. Mm-hmm. Because exactly. this world is not our home. We it's have not. eternity to look forward to, and mm-hmm. that's a victory in itself. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, and as Christians, followers of Jesus, we need to be living like residents of that world and not of this world. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and jump into what's next, 6, six, six through 12. Teresa, you want to read that? Okay. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And the three are in agreement. We accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater, because it is the testimony of God, which he has given about his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts his testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar, because they have not believed the testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. They're so direct. They they are, I know. Like, I feel like we make salvation sometimes so complicated, or Mm -hmm. we can and like, I mean, it's very simple. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's very simple. You, you believe Jesus. in Jesus, and mm-hmm. that's what you what's what you need. You right. Know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this one, I think we see a few references. I feel like John kind of jumps into some theology here. Um, just even in the beginning, he says, uh, "This is the one who came by water and blood," which is possibly a lot of people think it's talking about Jesus' baptism and his, his death on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in verse seven, we see, "For there are three that testify," um, and to me, this is an obvious. Um, direction toward the Trinity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the three that testify. Um, and and kind of reading through it, you have uh, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. I think the Spirit representative of Holy Spirit, um, the water representative of, of Father God, and the blood representative of Jesus who shed his blood. Um, and actually in, I think it's the King James, I had some notes here. Uh, in the King James, it, it has um, something written down, which is okay. If you go back to the original uh, manuscripts where this would have been written, this was written almost as a footnote. Um, but in the King James Bible, they included it in the rest of Scripture. But I, I thought it was really good and I want to share it. Um, in between verse 7 and 8, typically in italics, it says, uh, For there are three who bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Uh, and there are three who bear witness in earth, uh, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three are one. Um, and so even the ori- or some of the original like scribes and stuff that, that translated the King James, they pulled that out of like the footnotes of the original um, Greek manuscripts and kind of included that in there, that there was a reference to the Trinity even um, at this point. Mm. Yeah. And then in, in uh, verses 9 through 12, it talks about that God, uh, God himself testified that, that Jesus was his son. Mm-hmm. And we see that in Matthew three seventeen when Jesus was baptized and God says, this is my son in whom I am well yeah. pleased. Um, and there are people out there who believe in God, but they don't believe that Jesus is God's son. Right. So they're, in essence, making God out to be yeah. a liar right. because he said, this is my son. Yeah. Which, uh, if we remember back months ago to when we started off the ver- uh, first John, um, 
we we looked at how John was writing, and he was writing to people about false teachers. Mm -hmm. And those false teachers kind of believed that way, that Jesus was not actually deity, that he wasn't actually the Son of God. And right here again, he's he's saying, you're going against the witness of God the Father. Yes. Right. And and he's saying that we accept human testimony, but God's testimony is greater. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you're ex absolutely right. Whenever the Holy Spirit comes down at Jesus' baptism, he says, this is my son. Um, and yeah, absolutely. They're essentially saying those false teachers are are trying to debate with God. Right. right. And God has already clarified, this is my son. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And then it even goes even further and it says, whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar. Mm -hmm. And and so John, I feel like he's kind of going hard at these false teachers right now. Yeah. Um, where it's like, if you're saying that Jesus is not the son of God, you are calling God himself a liar. Mm -hmm. And whoever has the son has life and whoever does not have the son does not have right. life. Yeah. One way to heaven. Yeah, right. absolutely. The way, the truth and life. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. All right. I will go ahead and read um, 13 through we'll do 17. And we'll chat about that. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin and there is sin that does not lead to death. Now, uh, we... I kind of wish I'd have stopped maybe at the last paragraph on that one just because there, there's like a section we should talk about and then there's a next section that hits a little <laughs> bit harder. Uh, so let's talk about 13 through, what is it, 15, where we're talking specifically about prayer. Okay. What would you guys get from that? I, I have people ask me about that all the time because they say, well, you know, the Bible says if, if I'm a Christian and I ask God for something, then he'll give it to me. Well, not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so my Lambo. That. It's going to be outside, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. A million dollars about is about part. to drop into my lap. Exactly. <laughs> like verse 14, it says, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God. And then it, col and there's a colon, that, is, that if we ask anything according to his will, he Ooh, hears us. Yeah. According to his will. Yeah. Yeah. And then people always say, well, then how do I know what his will is? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think that as we... The, the key to this verse is that as we connect to God more, the more that we study our Bible, the more that we pray, the more that we spend time with him, the more our will lines up with his will. Mm -hmm. And so we actually just start asking for things that line up with his will right. because that's where our heart and our mind is, too. Right. And I, I read something. So the sermon I just preached on Sunday, I had mm -hmm. a large segment that was going to go toward prayer. And I ended up having to cut it out because I wasn't going to be able to fit it all in. Oh. It didn't really fit. Um, but one of the things that I heard while I was preparing for that, um, it was talking specifically about prayer. And, and it, it talked about how uh, a prayer like according to his will won't be all about you. And mm -hmm. so the question was asked, if God answered every single one of your prayers, would anyone other than you be blessed? Mm, yeah. And, and yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's one of those things, like, because a lot of times our prayers can be really selfish or even within our own family. I know Jessica and I, we pray over the kids and stuff every night, mm -hmm. um, but I feel like our prayers need to expand even further than that. Right. Um, and, and yeah, so I think prayers according to his will probably don't benefit the prayer as much as it should the people around them. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, I read something one time that said that if, if all your prayers would an, were answered, mm -hmm. would it change anything? Or would you just have a good day and get mm -hmm. to your destination safely? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I mean, yeah, honestly. 
And because, and I mean, whenever we see, like, prayer in Scripture, when Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray, I mean, they start off with praise, yeah. mm-hmm. talking about how good God is, and then essentially it ends with, not my will, but your will be done, yeah. right, and yes. as, as on, on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it all comes back down to what God's holy will is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that comes back down to a, a faith relationship with God, mm-hmm. that even though I want something, I know that God is so good that whatever he wants is greater than my want. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that that ultimately is what I really want. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I had a conversation with Lyndon the other night because it was really sweet and we were praying and I was reading her little book that she got, I think, for Easter or mm-hmm. Christmas or something. Um, she said, uh, well, there was a part in it where it talks about Jesus healing a blind man and healing a lame man and stuff like that. And she said, Mommy, if Jesus healed that person and made them see, why did he not heal like so my mom had these dogs and one of her dogs was blind and she said, why did he not heal blue and make him see? Mm. And I was like, geez, that's such a hard question yeah. to answer mm-hmm. to a five year old, you know? Cause I mean, I still struggle with that too, you know, yeah. like adults struggle with that, um, that question. And I bet ba- we basically come to, came to it as like, you know, God knows the beginning and the end. He knows the story. He knows what is going to happen if that loved one gets healed or if they don't, he knows what impact that will be. And no matter right. what, it's still going to be good. It's still going to work to the good of those who love him. And that might not be what I think is good. It might not be what somebody else really wants to be good, but there's a reason for it. And, right. and so my prayers most of the time, even if I am praying for somebody that I want to be healed or whatever, then I usually just come to the fact of like, you know, God, you're going to do what you know is best. I don't know. Give me peace to know that that's okay. You know, help me have peace in that. And yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but those are, it's hard, you know, like, especially when you're, because I think sometimes I don't pray for material things. I do pray for like safety when we travel and things, but most of the time I am praying for other people and it's hard whenever you don't see those kind of prayers Mm -hmm. reflecting. And when you have somebody like a loved one in your family that you're praying for, for addiction or something like that, and you don't quite understand, but there's other things that God's seeing that you don't see, you know? I think sometimes if we can step outside the box and realize that, that this, this life on earth is temporary Mm -hmm. and it's just a incredibly small portion of our eternity. Mm -hmm. And if we could look at it almost like it's a, it's a movie with a script and characters and each character has a specific part that they have to play mm-hmm. to make the story come out in the end and to create all the emotion and the development of the story. Yeah. And so somebody has to play the blind guy and somebody has to be the sick person. Right. And that's the role that they play in this little portion of the movie. Mm-hmm. But right. it's such a bigger picture. Right. It's such a bigger and you scale. you also don't know what kind of character that that ailment or that issue that that person has how it's impacting other people and how it's developing Mm -hmm. them in their walk with God too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things too, that like you don't necessarily like to think about it, but honestly where we on earth on earth, there has to be suffering. There has mm-hmm. to be pain, mm-hmm. right? I mean, th- otherwise, what are the promises of heaven? Yeah, exactly. What, what are yeah. the yeah? What are the promises of perfection of joy? Uh, what What are those promises if Earth were, weren't broken at first, right? Like, right. I mean, if God just healed literally everything that happened here, we would have no desire to join Him, right? No, if we, if there wasn't bad, we wouldn't appreciate good, right? Right, That's exactly. True. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and kind of talking about just with prayer and it being His will. Um, 
the word amen means so be it. And, and so the idea behind amen is still sort of a, not my will, but your will be done. Yes. Um, and I feel like that's sort of overlooked at this point. Like a lot of people, it's just more cliche than it is meaning anything. Right. Um, and so, so at some point during 2020, I didn't even really realize I did it, but I started ending all my prayers with, I love you and I trust you. Amen. You know, and mm-hmm. the, the I trust you is more a move of like, okay, this is what I want. This is, you know, my desire. But no matter what, I trust you. I trust what you're doing. Yes. And and I, I, that just plays off more as a reminder to me uh, than anything that even if the prayers don't go the way I want them to, I trust in him. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think that would be a good challenge, too, to like you said, amen so is so be it. So right. Be, yeah. So maybe sometimes we could end our prayers with so be it so be instead it. of mm-hmm. amen yeah. you know I what like i mean that. because then that's a reminder or like even i think of the blessing mm-hmm. that song like if you think of that's what you're praying over everyone like so be it that's mm-hmm. what i want mm-hmm. what your will is that's what i want yeah. you know? yes because you know ultimately you know i go to the lord in prayer and i ask him for things to turn out the way i want them to turn yeah. out that's <laughs> what i speak to him right. but in my heart i really do want it to turn out the way he wants it to turn out mm-hmm. because i know that that's the better way right and you know it might not feel good in the moment but ultimately the end goal mm-hmm. you know is for him for his will to be done yeah. right yeah jumping past that uh that was a lot about one little it was it yeah, was a lot two or three we first. missed a lot yeah. of that section <laughs> yeah that was a good one this next one i think gets a little bit harder though with uh 16 and 17 and i'm just going to reread it real quick it says if you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death you should pray and god will give them life I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. What are you guys' thoughts about that? Goodness. Yeah. Well, they don't specify what that sin is, right. but we can guess. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've read a lot of, of scholars that believe that it's it's turning away from God or denying God. Right. And... Um, not sinning it's not it's not sinning it's not drifting away it's like literally denying god and saying i don't want you god or you're not real or you know Mm -hmm. and when i think about this i think about the um about joshua harris who is a um he was a mega church pastor and he wrote um i kissed dating goodbye Mm -hmm. and he he decided that he wasn't a Christian anymore and he announced that he wasn't a Christian anymore as a mega church pastor Mm -hmm. and and Christian author. And, um, I, I don't think that God says, no, I, you have to stay, (laughs) you know, I think that if you don't want him, you don't want him. And he led a lot of people away from God. I mean, that really affected a lot of people. And in my opinion, Mm um, I, I think that that is, that is, a huge sin that mm. um, leads to death. Right. I, that's my opinion. Yeah, right. and I don't think it's, I mean, it's obviously, he's not talking about a physical death either. Like he's he's talking about, he's talking right. about a spiritual death. Right, right. right. Um, and like I, the only thing that you can do to have spiritual death is to turn away from God and not, mm. you know what I mean, not acknowledge his, or the only thing that you can do, like we often say, like you can't, I don't think you can sin enough to, ever not get into heaven you know what i mean like there's Mm -hmm. nothing that you can do god gives you this gift it's your choice what you do with it Mm -hmm. and that's why it's so important for people like christians all over the world to make sure everybody else knows that there's this gift available for them Mm -hmm. um but if you decline the gift yeah then that that's what i think that was your choice that's what i kind of think that that means too is like you know you if you turn your back away and you Mm -hmm. don't ever you want anything to do with god then 
mm-hmm. you know, I think that does lead, lead to ultimate death. Right. And I believe this is a, this is a sin that like all sin can, you can be redeemed from yeah. the, the blood oh, of Christ yeah. can absolutely right. cover this, but it's essentially, if you die in this sin, you are spiritually dead. Right. Right. If you, if you die without accepting Christ, you know, right. if you die without ever following Christ, having the Holy spirit, then that is a spiritual death. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and absolutely. I agree. That's what we're talking about here. What I thought was really interesting and, and I don't really know what to say about it, but I feel like we should say something. Um, Paul says that we shouldn't pray for that. Yeah. Or not odd. Paul, sorry, John. John says we shouldn't pray for that, um, right. that we should pray for those. And I think we're, he's specifically talking about brothers and sisters in Christ, other Christians um, who are struggling, who are dealing with sin. Uh, he actually does. He says, if you see any brother or sister commit a sin, so um, that does not lead to death, then we, we should pray for them. But then if we see them commit the, the sin that does lead to death, we should not pray for them. Do you guys have any idea why John would have said that? Because I didn't see that in any of my commentaries. No one wanted to talk about that. No, one. they didn't want to talk about that. They skipped over that. Half yeah. verse. My only, my only thought about that is that sometimes when I'm talking to somebody about something and I'm trying to talk about one thing, they try to make me talk about something else that I might have just barely mentioned, and I, and I have to say I'm not talking about that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe he's just not talking about that right now. Maybe so. Because maybe <laughs> right. we are focus. supposed to play, pray for unbelievers. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just hope he was saying. Maybe just we're not talking about that Maybe right that's now. That's not the focus right now. That's <laughs> yeah. fair. And that's definitely fair because the context does seem to be specifically praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. And right. what he adds there, like there is sin, like he kind of goes in, there is sin that leads to death. I'm not saying like he, it's mm-hmm. kind of like he's like a side note. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's saying the, this and then he like side notes these couple of sentences, these couple mm-hmm. of, I wouldn't even call them verses or sentences in right. the verse. Um. So, I mean, maybe that is what it is. Like, he's just not specifically speaking of that at the moment. At the moment. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that definitely I thought was open to interpretation. <laughs> yes, definitely, sure. definitely open to interpretation. <laughs> uh, I didn't find a whole lot on that. It was an interesting thing he said. We do see um, in other parts of Scripture that, y- you know, and, and maybe this is because we see in Scripture that we're supposed to, you know, make disciples of all nations. We're supposed to go and tell everyone about Christ. Right. Maybe so this is more less of a... Maybe this, I, I don't know, maybe this is just how I'm thinking of it right now, but maybe this is more of a, you need more action than words at the moment. Maybe you need mm. to be showing Christ to those oh, who yeah. don't have Christ. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, could uh, be. And so, I mean, I don't know, but I do know that in other parts of Scripture, we are supposed to evangelize, we're supposed to tell the world about Jesus. So mm-hmm. if there's anyone committing this sin of death here that don't know Christ, they haven't followed Christ, we have the commandment from Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to go out and reach them with the gospel. Right. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, we pray for us and we talk to them. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, we yeah. pray for them too. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I I like that though. I mean, it does kind of suggest that too mm-hmm. that there might need to be more action involved. In right. That. So okay. With that said, we will go ahead and wrap up. And we'll let Teresa read the last verses. I think eighteen through twenty-one. <clears throat> We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God, and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Okay. Every the whole my whole eighteen through twenty one has highlights on it from Does different it? times. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. Well, that's, awesome. that's neat. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I want to start out with that very first verse, eighteen, because I I think like immediately reading this, he goes, "We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin." And you're like, "Uh oh." <laughs> uh oh. There's semicolon there. 
<laughs> Punctuation uh, is yes, important. Yes, yes. Uh, and this says, the one who is born of God keeps them safe, and the evil one cannot harm them. Yeah, I think it's interesting, though, that there is a, like, there's a semicolon there, mm-hmm. and that just means that they could have ended the sentence, but they yeah, didn't. but they didn't. Because at that, it's like, does not continue to sin, period, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. means... Uh-oh. Different things, yeah. but then there's still grace even in just that verse. Yeah. The one who was born of God keeps them safe. Right. So in this, whenever you look at the the Greek, and, and I cannot remember what it's called right now, but it's like a, a, a constant. The word here used, it's we hear continue to sin. Like you don't, you know, sin. You don't, you just don't sin. But really what it's talking about um, is, is we don't continue to deliberately live sinful patterns mm-hmm. like habitual yes like habitual yeah. sins. habitual unrepentive yes mm-hmm. or habitual like unrepentive sins so we don't uh you know crazy example like if you are a thief that is your profession once you profess <laughs> christ you don't keep on stealing no um, you don't label your life as a thief you are right. now a christian um, not right. to say you won't struggle with sin um, but you mm-hmm. do not live your life according to that sin you don't habitually mm-hmm. uh, repeat right. that sin or, or like, justify it yeah, or, right. justify, or like commit yeah. the sin and say it's fine jesus right. is there <laughs> right you know he'll forgive me it's all right, right. yeah yeah because mm-hmm. i think a lot of people even even paul says you know do i sin because of grace no i don't mm-hmm. and and but still we as christians justify it well i messed up but i have grace well i'm about to mess up so i have right. grace. <laughs> I like, that's taking advantage yeah that's yeah, definitely that, taking advantage um, and I think if we get to a point, I, I know it's in Romans 1, and this has stuck with me f- from eight years ago when Pastor Dennis preached it. He was going mm-hmm, through Romans, mm-hmm. and, and I can't remember exactly what it says, but I know it says something um, like God left them to, to their sexual desires. Like they were mm-hmm. so uh, consumed with their sin that God turned them over to it, so mm-hmm. they weren't even convicted by it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think if we get to a point where we know what we're doing is sin and there's no longer conviction, we need to hit our knees and pray hard. Yeah. Because we are so deep in that God has said, okay, you want that more than me, it's yours. Yeah. And, scary. and yeah, so if we get to that point where habitual sin um, has consumed us, where we don't even feel anything about it, we've got to pray all the more. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, because we we do continually sin. We all sin every yeah. day, yeah. but we know right from wrong, mm-hmm. and we want to do better. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. There's that's the, a, that, the conviction there. is yeah. big. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, we we've got to have that that conviction to turn away from right. sin. We yeah. agree with God that wrong is wrong. Mm-hmm. When right. you don't agree with God that wrong is wrong, you're in trouble. Right. You got a problem. <laughs> a- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Been deceived. And, and what, what I find happening so much with Christian Christians right now, especially like with pro- progressive Christianity and stuff, it, it's not, it, it's that they try to twist God's words. Mm-hmm. They, they try to twist scripture. Right. To justify themselves. To, to justify themselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and so they'll go in and they'll, I mean, honestly, just start making up stuff about like the ri- original language and stuff, which that's fairly easy to teach because people that are teaching don't know better. Um, right, and then you get into where you they, just assume that the person who says in the Greek it says this, right, that, or whatever. Yeah, like they, no one goes and looks that up. Right, <laughs> they just assume that they know better than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Everyone's so like in the Greek it says it this. Yeah, <laughs> we're like, I don't know Greek. I guess I'll trust that guy with yeah. a microphone. <laughs> that's scary. Yeah. So, but yeah, so it, it you get people get to where they twist the word of God, and and the way that I've always done it um, is I read the Bible, I trust the Bible. Yes, I, I just. It's as easy. I trust what I read out of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't care if someone says something else means something else. Like I read what God said and I understand it as that. Mm-hmm. And if, you should also read it. I mean, there's definitely like, I mean, obviously we're about to go through Leviticus. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely times when you read it to, and understand the context and who they were speaking to. Right. Also that yeah. comes into place. But you kind of have to be know, knowledgeable about 
the time in which it was said. Who was he talking? Who right. were they talking to? What specific group were they, you know, what mm-hmm. were they struggling with? Why right. was it being brought up? There's just questions that you can ask to learn a little bit more right. about it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one reason, like, you got to look at context and stuff like that, mm-hmm. too. Because, um, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, sometimes it's not just direct. Mm-hmm. It's not just question answer, you know. Right. Sometimes there is a little bit of interpretation to mm-hmm. it. There is, absolutely. But you have to have... You have to have people that around you that you trust, that you believe do the mm-hmm. same thing. And I think Dennis always says, um, like, let the Bible interpret the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I really love that mm-hmm. because, I mean, right, yeah. if we're letting man interpret it, then that's not. Yeah, come out that's, fault. Yeah, that's not yeah. ever going to be accurate, mm-hmm. <laughs> you right. know. Right. Also in that section, it says uh, the one who is born of God keeps them safe and the evil one cannot harm them. Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes we think, well, the evil one stays after me all the time. Yeah. They harm me. You know? <laughs> right. But I think that that's, that's more referring to that that our eternity is safe. That, you know, the evil right. one can tempt us and, and bother yeah. us. And, and, uh, but he can't, he can tempt us to do wrong, but he can't cost us our eternity. Right. right. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's sort of where it comes in too, is like the evil one can't touch us. Right. He can't, he can't physically force you to do something. And that's why he, that's yes. why he's a deceiver. That's why he lies. Right. Um, he gets into the head. He tempts you with sin. I mean, look at what he did to Jesus in the desert. Like he, he never forced Jesus to do anything, but he tried to trick Jesus into following him. Right. Um, and that's exactly what he does to us today is, is he comes and he lies, he deceives, he tempts. Um, and, and he tries to force you into f- turning away from God. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to do it of your own free will. Mm-hmm. Um, he you can't force you to do it. Yeah. yeah. And he comes and tries to make you think that you misunderstand what God's saying. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you guys don't want to talk about anything else, I do want to end. Like, I just, I, I don't remember throughout First John that John ever talks about idolatry anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, I could no, be, I, could I think be wrong. it's funny. I don't think he does either. Okay, but then he just ends literally ends the letter right now with dear children keep yourselves from idols like that's just like a little punchline at the end yeah it seems so out of place yeah it does but i wonder if like he's seen so many times where that's the problem yeah like all of this everything that he just talked about is because that was the problem like in the Mm -hmm. that was the ultimate that Mm -hmm. was the sin that people were forgetting that god was who he said he was and mm-hmm. all of that stuff and being so confused because they had something that was above god in their yeah. eyes you know yeah. i think it's just a final reminder to uh, take a look at your life and make sure that god is in his proper place yeah. and that something else hasn't just slipped in there mm-hmm. yep. yeah and this is very much a problem we see today oh, it, yeah. i mean idolatry is everywhere and it's not typically in the way we think because we see you know the golden calf and other gods and stuff like yeah. that we're not like, jesus is our only god but you know we worship you know college football yeah. more than we worship God at church. Yeah. I mean, and it's something that we all have to, to watch yeah, for. It is. It I've is. slipped it's, up many times and oh, have yeah. to get God right back in yeah, his place. You got to, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's one of those things that it has to be like a, a constant, uh, a constant decision, like a, yeah. a w- intentional decision yes. to choose God over the idols of this world. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and to even realize what the idols of this world are. I mean, yeah. They don't mm-hmm. look like what they used to. They don't look like what you imagine. They look like all the everyday things that you really, really like. Yes. <laughs> Those are the idols. <laughs> I like that because like, it is an intentional decision. Like, mm-hmm. And we were watching the, uh, one episode of the new season of The Chosen Out, by the way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't remember which episode it was, but one of the disciples was sitting there and they were talking to each other. And he said something like, I used to hate praying. You know, like Jewish people had that. I mean, they still have so mm-hmm. many rituals like and things ritual that they thing, have yeah. to you know, do and stuff like that. They're much more dedicated than we are for sure. Um, and he said, I used to hate praying and doing all of those things, but he's like, I've grown to love it. Mm-hmm. And even like 
that's the thing is like we were talking about it yesterday like i wish that i would have gone like my mom would have put me in like dance class or something when i was little because sometimes you need to be made go to do something until it becomes a a passion something that you love sometimes you have to do stuff you don't like to do to you know or something that doesn't come naturally to you Mm -hmm. to learn to love it and i think that maybe that's like the studying the bible and stuff like that is part of that sometimes we might just have to say okay 24 minutes a day i'm going to make sure i do 24 minutes a day a day and make myself do it and then eventually it'll turn to like 30 minutes a day Mm -hmm. or an hour a day you know something that you start to crave and need it is, yeah. I mean, it, it starts off as a discipline, but yeah. as you grow in it and you start to get the joy that comes from it, it will be something that you you desire to do. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't wait till I finish breakfast and I can open up the Bible, yes. right? You yes. know, and mm-hmm. and and it just has to get to that point, but it has to start off as a discipline. Right. Like you've got to make yourself do it. Yeah. All right, guys, with that said, I think we will go ahead and wrap this episode up. You can kind of tell it's been a while since we've done one because we just could not (laughs) quit talking. Um, But if you stayed around with us, we really do appreciate it. We will have episodes coming out in the near future. um, So make sure you follow the podcast and keep your eyes out. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.